This is another Astros podcast. Well, welcome back to Astro Launch. AJ Hinch here with me. And AJ, uh, I want to start with uh, Sean Manaya, the pitcher you're, you're going up against with the Oakland A's, who's had some pretty good games against you guys, continues to develop. Uh, what do you see in him? Well, he's got a ton of deception, and and we, you know, one thing about being in the West, you seem to play these guys over and over and over again. So we've seen him a lot, and we've seen uh, him pitch a couple different ways. He's got a good fastball. He's got a pretty good changeup. Occasional breaking ball. He throws from a funky angle, like lower three quarters, uh-huh. um, and he just never really shows you the ball. You know, he's had success. He's thrown no hitters in the or a no hitter in the past. He's you know kind of carved us up at times. He's also given up a, you know some some home runs and some big hits. So. Um, you got to get him in the strike zone. He, he, can, he can make the ball move. He can disrupt your timing. Uh, pretty good starting pitcher in this league. You guys get a chance to bring up Jake Marisnik. Unfortunately, Garrett Cole's on the bereavement list. But Jake in there in the lineup today, get him in there against a left-handed pitcher can only help. Yeah, especially with Verlander on the mound, who, who's a pretty fly, you know, high fly ball guy, and, and, he, and he plays great defense. I mean, the last play he made here a couple days ago was a diving catch into, into left center. And, uh, we sent him down after that game, and, and he never really reported to AAA because their all-star break started. Um, so he was here in Houston, uh, lucky to get him back here. And, and as I told him when he left, he can help us win. I'm proving that by, by putting him in there as soon as he gets back. Have you noticed that Kyle Tucker's tried to put a little extra pressure on himself, or does he seem pretty relaxed? He's pretty relaxed. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think he's starting to learn that Major League pitching is a little different. Major League <laughs> defense is a little bit different. Yeah. He's hit a couple balls. They're already shifting him which I'm sure they shifted him in AAA, but it's a little different in the big leagues. And um, they're throwing off-speed after off-speed after off-speed. He looks like he's ready to hit from the on-deck circle. So every level's an adjustment. This is no different. I don't think extra pressure is something he's doing. I think it's it's just an adjustment to a league that's no better. Do you remember the first time when you came up as a catcher in the major leagues feeling like, all right, this is kind of fun because I can get creative as a signal caller because sure. these guys can throw a lot of strikes. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. I mean, you get you back there. If you can imagine, you know, somebody handed you Justin Verlander or Garrett <laughs> Cole and said, hey, you got four-plus pitches. They're all nasty. You can get anybody out with any pitch. You can really play a lot of games back there. So um, this is the best league in the world. I think our young players that come up, we've seen Alex Bregman come up and scuffle, and mm-hmm. and then as soon as it clicks for them, they take off. Hey, can you explain to the folks and me, you know, just about your defensive positioning and how many different levels each infielder has? Yeah, you know, um, we we obviously are known for our creativity when it comes to defensive positioning, and Mm -hmm. and we're really good at it, and it doesn't make us perfect, but it makes us really good, and and we convert a lot of ground balls into outs, which is the whole key. You try to play where where they're going to hit it, and it's not always a perfect science, but it works a lot. And, you know, so our guys, we've got a system this year where – um, there's four different positions on where they are in relation to the bag. And so um, there's also three different depths that we play, depending on whether it's regular or whether it's double play depth, is the infield halfway in or is the is the infield on the grass. So, um, you know, it's not so much spots on the field that, you, you know, like dots on the field, like if you're mm-hmm. going to go to a spot. But there's a range of area that our guys know, and, and we do it so much on every batter and every play that – um, all we have to do is hold up a, a, a number or put on a number on a card in their back pocket that, that are they in a three, are they in a four, their number, just like just like you would expect. So you guys give out the number, they pull out the card in their back pocket if they're not really sure and they just get a chance to remind themselves. Yeah, I mean, these guys that play every day, you know, they know now. I mean, when we mean a three depth, we know what that means. When we mean a number okay. two, we know what that means. When you... Um, when you go into a four uh, on a shift, they know what that means. So it's it's a language that's that's common now throughout our organization. The young players and the minors know it now. They're going to come up to the big leagues and know it. Um, you know, if you if you ask Jose Altuve today 
where straight up second base is. It's way different than you and I when we were, were raised and we said, hey, run to second base. You would run halfway between first and second. Mm-hmm. And Jose will run as if it's a right-handed pull hitter behind second base. Really? That's where normal is for him. Wow. All right, Carlos Correa, one of your infielders, uh, had some baseball activities for the first time yesterday. How did he come out of that? Good. I mean, good. It's progress. Um, you know, I wish we could press a button and, and fast forward through all of this, but we're being very methodical, very conservative with him. He's going to do a little bit of more of that activity today. Um, the key now is no setbacks. The calendar's playing little tricks on us. On hey, do we do we try to get him back for the weekend series against the Tigers, or do we do we push him to the back um, to the to after the break? So um, all that matters is that he doesn't have a setback. All that matters is that he's making progress. Once he comes back, he'll be ready to go. Last thing I was thinking, if you took me to the All Star game. Before your big speech, you gave the big pep talk to all the guys. I could be your opening act, maybe, and tell some of those jokes you love that I tell. Remember that talking frog thing? and You know, kind of loosen up the mood. I think I'd be a real asset for you. I don't. Um, I don't think you're going to the All-Star game because, I, again, I don't think you're an All-Star. I think mm-hmm. you're I think you're talented. I think you have potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think standing in you in front of uh, the entire elite group of the American League really represents us well. Back with more Astro Lunch right after this. Robert Ford, Steve Sparks, pleased to be joined by Astros owner Jim Crane. And some some great news today with the Houston Sports Authority extending the Astros lease on Minute Maid Park through 2050. So first of all, congratulations on getting the lease extension done. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, I think it's great, great for the community. And, uh, you know, this is a great location. We like it down here. Um, the issue is, can the ballpark last that long? And I think we, we, we feel if we continue to maintain it like we have and make improvements year over year, um, it could be last for a long time, and you've seen all these developments around here. It's really growing, and it's great to see downtown very vibrant. Jim, that's what we've, we've talked about on numerous occasions, on how much money you guys keep putting into Minute Maid Park to make this such a, uh, a fresh park, you know, to come and spend time with your family. Yeah, no, we made a big investment in center field. We renovated the locker rooms, the Diamond Club. Every year we try to do a, a, a project one at a time, and so we've got a list, and we'll con- continue to work on it. And we look at, you know, we, we consult with the fans and see what they like and what they want improved, and we'll continue to make uh, nice improvements. The current lease for Minute Maid Park was through 2030, so you didn't have to extend the lease now, but what? why was it important to, to do that now? Well, we, did, we just wanted the certainty, you know, because if you were going to do something different, you know, you really need some lead time, five or six years. So we, we thought that it would be best to try to knock it out. We really wanted to stay here and continue to work on the ballpark. We like love the location with the Rockets here and the soccer down here. It's just a, a great spot. It's kind of easy to get in and out. The, you know, the traffic's yeah. bad, but you can hit it from all different directions. And the building flows, and so I, I think the fans have enjoyed it. We just got to keep it maintained. Jim, you mentioned that you've heard from some of the fans on some of the things they'd like to see done here. What are some of the things you're considering for future? Well, we've got a lot of lot of cool projects, like possibly putting you know um, an area underneath the scoreboard and redoing the scoreboard in left field. We've got a, a project for right field to make it more of a common area for. You know, some of the spots like center field, that seems to be, you know, a, a big plus for the fans. It's they popular. Like, yeah, they like the common areas. And so, you know, we're just we're just looking at all those things. We'd like to, in, in, you know, improve the uh, suite level stuff, too. Um, and, and the diamond area, we've looked at a possibility of blowing out underneath the uh, visitor's dugout. So there's a bunch of projects on, on the table. We kind of take a look at them one at a time and see which one we think is 
you know, good for the fans and good good for the uh, revenue. We got to keep that revenue going. We got to keep that payroll up. <laughs> and I think that's the thing that maybe people don't always realize is how important it is to do these these improvements to the ballpark and have that certainty because it helps you put more money into the club. Well, yeah, it, it, you know, definitely we've had great attendance this year, and thanks to the fans. And then, uh, you know, the, the concession areas need to be neat and clean, and you really got to work hard at maintaining a building that gets this kind of activity in it so yeah we, we're we're uh, happy with the results and um, we've been able to move the payroll up you know each year we've been here um, and you know spend the money when we needed to it's not just about obviously the the big signings but also guys like kyle tucker coming up contributing from the farm system and, and building your team that way too yeah i think jeff does a great job of blending some of the young guys and and blending the payroll and uh you know keeping the farm system fresh you look at it the first half uh uh, our triple A or double A and single A all in first place. That's pretty impressive. When you get a young player come to the, to the team and they're added to the roster, you make it you make it uh, sure that you go down there and say hello and welcome, like I, like I, Tucker. I, I, I always try to do that. I haven't got to him yet because I got in late last yesterday and I missed him today. But I'll I'll get to him here. To, I know his family's here tonight. I saw his dad down there again. So wish him the best and uh, hopefully he comes a, a a big star for us. Fifth overall pick in the draft, Kyle Tucker. Same draft that the Astros selected Bregman, second overall. I want to get back to, to what you're mentioning. The out-of-town scoreboard in left field with the Landry's-Crawford box as high. You're thinking about maybe doing something more digital with the scoreboard and then providing an area for fans to do something down low? Well, if you look at the, the player in left field, he's about to that second line. You okay. can take it all the way up to the third line and build some under and still have a really cool storeboard on the top of that. Gotcha. Um, and then dig all that out and create an entrance from outside. So we think it might work. We're, we're still looking at it. And, um, you know, you look at kind of spots like that where other teams have had success and it looks cool and, you know, a, a place the fans want to be, similar to what we did in center field. Welcome back. Robert Ford joined by Ray Fossey, a longtime big league catcher and in his 33rd year as a broadcaster for the Oakland A's on, on television and radio and this A's team's been playing really good baseball of late winning last night they've won 17 of the last 21 what's been the key for them during this surge you know Robert I think a lot of confidence and, and one of the biggest games winning was against the Angels a couple of home stands ago because the A's have had a tough time against their own division including mm -hmm. your ball club at eight and one before last night but I think getting a little bit of confidence these young players are playing well I think they solidified third base and first with Chapman and Olsen. You got Pinder who can play multiple positions, Jed Lowry. You know, everything is working well for them right now, but you cannot discount the bullpen, especially the back end. Got a chance to see Trevino and Trinan last night, and they're just outstanding. They're kind of a mirror image of each other because talked to Terry Francona in Cleveland, and there he said, I wish I had either one of them. It would be great. But it's, it's more of trying to build for the future. And believe it or not, well, I think you know exactly what I'm going to say, that the Astros are a model franchise for a lot of teams, and I think for the athletics, that's part of them. You know, the interesting thing about looking at this A's team, I know now you're a season high, 11 games over 500, but, you know, it's still on the outside looking in when it, when it comes to the playoff picture. And one of the big questions, obviously, is going to be buyers or sellers at the deadline. I'd imagine the, the next week or so will probably go a long way toward determining that. You know, Robert, I think if, if nothing else, they're going to stand pat. I don't know if they're going to do much because in reality, look at where they are and who's ahead. The Western Division is very tough. The yeah. Astros, if they don't win, there's something wrong. Uh, the Mariners are playing well. You can't discount the Angels. If they get any pitching at all, they can be very good. 
But I think from the standpoint of the A's, they have to be looking for the future. And I mean, you look at 2012 when they were five out with 10 to go and one on the last day of the season. So it's not like it cannot happen. But I think in reality, those those seasons are few and far between. And I think you have to think about more than anything. Don't trade Trinan. Don't trade any of the nucleus of the ball club. And even though Trevino is good, believe it or not, those two guys in the back end help each other and they complement each other. But I think if nothing else, Stan Pat, if you're going to buy, buy, but definitely don't sell. You mentioned Trevino, and we talked about him a little earlier. And, and this is a guy who was in the minor leagues, you know, wasn't necessarily a highly thought of prospect coming into the year, but he's become your your, your setup guy. What, what's been the key for him? Just a hard fastball. It's amazing the movement, and I, I think the biggest thing for him was just gaining confidence. He pitched, uh, I think, three innings at a game against the White Sox earlier in the season. Trinum blew a save. Trinum went three innings, and then he went three. But on Saturday in Cleveland uh, against Corey Kluber, the A's tie the game. And when you have a setup guy and a closer that can each pitch two innings, it really says a lot about that. And Bob Melvin's leaning on them, but he's not abusing them. But I think with Trevino, those two guys complement each other to the point that Trevino has a good cutter, Trinan has a good slider, and they're trying to mix those together. And uh, it looked like last night trying to throw, tried to throw a cutter to Gav, uh, Evan Gaddis that he missed for strike three. But, you know, it's just that when you throw 97 to 100 with movement, Nobody's going to hit that, especially if it's left down, and that's exactly what Trevino and Trinan have both done. Sean Manaya on the mound yep. for the A's today. Threw a no-hitter back in April against a very good Red Sox club. Got off to a great start of the season. Struggled a little bit. He's been pitching really well of late. He learned. It's amazing, Robert. He pitched so great in the month of April. Had the no-hitter. Came here. Had seven innings of an under run against your guys. So 16 innings. I said to him after the no-hitter, I said, you know what you did not do? He said, what's that? I said, shake your head. He went with Jonathan Lucroy, who's catching him again. But, Robert, it's amazing with a young kid. And he admitted it. He said, I was so concerned that I had to be perfect every time I took them out. And I said, this game is too hard for that to happen. You know, you just and, and now all of a sudden he's turned it around in the month of June. He was outstanding and we expect him to continue. But for a young pitcher who's had good success against the, the Astros, they just not have said not scored him a lot of runs, just like with Garrett Cole last night, the same way. But I think he's matured beyond his. I mean, I saw him when he first came up and he was just there, but he is matured. He's done a great job. And I think for the biggest thing for him to realize you don't have to be perfect every time you go out. You're not going to pitch a no-hitter every time you go out. And if you just be a good competitor, which he is, good pitches, he's going to be okay. Ray Fossey, always good to talk with you on the A's television and radio broadcast. You're my favorite former Cleveland Indians catcher. Sorry, Alan Ashby. Hey, listen, all I like is the fact that when you start throwing the, the peanuts and the Cracker Jacks, you give me some because I enjoyed them last night, man. I enjoyed that midnight snack and watching baseball. Appreciate it, my friend. <laughs> The Houston Astros Radio Network. There's five Hall of Famers here at Minute Maid Park today. Steve Sparks, Robert Ford, and Verlander trying to show all five of them that he may belong in that club. Swing and a miss. That's 14 strikeouts for Verlander. It ties his career high. The Houston Astros. He's not getting older. He's getting better. Radio Network.